podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers brought to you by bookmakers.com. It's Thursday night. I'm back hosting another viewer's voice. I've got Kev with me and Carl tonight. Kev, feels like we were just doing this. Yes, long time no see. How are you keeping? You up? Yeah, no, I mean, not much has happened. It's only been 23 hours. So, yeah, <laughs> pretty much the same as yesterday. And, same as yesterday. Yeah, yeah no, and really. uh, Carl, becoming a regular on the show. How are things down Boston Way? <laughs> Things going good. Things going good. Better, better getting a little bit. Um, the weather's getting a little bit better, but um, it's still Boston, so yeah. it's nothing compared to <laughs> other side of America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite right. It's not California. We can all pretty much say that. So, uh, yeah. The show tonight brought to you by Bookmakers.com, sponsor of the show for uh, for the channel for the whole season. So head on over if you're into a little bit of the gambling. Get the best odds on whatever you want to get your uh, bets in on with Bookmakers. Uh, I don't know. I didn't even see if Gab did a show this afternoon. I presume he did a show this afternoon on the bookmakers.com YouTube channel, previewing the weekend's action. Uh, even if you don't gamble, you can head over to their website. There's lots of good information on there, like we say at every single show. So that's all out of the way. Um, Kevin and I, we did the post-match reaction show last night. So we've kind of talked West Ham 1, Liverpool 2 uh, to pieces. But Carl, how'd you like the game? Um, honestly, I think it was a, it was a pretty... Decent performance. Um, I know um, looking at the scoreline, it looked like a close game, but I think we controlled the game for the most part. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like we're kind of settling into this new formation with, with um, Trent um, tucking in, uh, in in the midfield and makes us a little bit more comfortable. And it kind of um, kind of shows how much of a good presser Trent really is. Um, one, one of the what concerns that we had, um, what people had when trying to midfield is that, you know, instead of um, having to defend one way, you have to look at all different different ways in the field. But um, yeah, he's been pretty good when it comes to in the defensive side of the, of the, of the pitch um, when he's talking in the midfield as well. So um, not that that's going to, you know, stay away from um, midfield reinforcements in the summer, but it's definitely uh, something to look at when it comes to just how viable of a midfield option um, he really is from the start. Um, but honestly, in my opinion, I think he uh, this kind of um, formation kind of suits him better. So I wouldn't look into putting him fully in midfield. I think he kind of drives off that right-handed uh, midfield, midfield role, right-back role. Yeah, yeah, complete, completely agree. I mean, you just see – I mean, he's a totally different player. Like, I think I saw a stat that he had four assists before April, and now he's got four assists in April. Pretty much all five. There you go. Look at that. Kev doing his best Fernando Torres there. I like it. <laughs> I mean, that, that just shows. I mean, it was the reason why, as the chairman of the three at the back committee, open to uh, new members, if anybody wants to hop on board. For me, the biggest thing about the three at the back, like as much as having an extra body back defensively would have helped us maybe 
concede fewer sloppy goals the start of the season. It was mostly about trying to get the best out of Trent because I think he's the most important player for us in terms of creating offensively. And I mean, you just look at the assist numbers that he puts up and it's ridiculous. And I, I'm blown away by how well he's thrived. You know, it's still pretty small sample size. And, you know, like we haven't uh, played Man City and tried to use that formation or anything like that. But he just looks like a player completely reborn. Uh, and a lot of the criticisms that were being leveled at him for the first 25, 30 games of the season have kind of gone a little bit quiet since then. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's very promising. Very, very promising. Much like, oh, just catching the final minute and a half of Spurs United. It's sitting at 2-2 because it kind of has a bearing on what we're going to do tonight in terms of trying to see uh, if we can come up with some sort of mathematical way that Liverpool can possibly sneak into the top four because we're starting to string some results together. Um, I mean, just on the base of it, I know, Kev, you were pretty uh, pessimistic about it yesterday in terms of uh, the top four race. I don't imagine today's results have changed your opinion on it. No, I wouldn't have made a blind bit of difference no matter what. I just think we've left ourselves too much to do. Um, if we were closer, if we were three points closer, then maybe... You could apply, you know, you can apply pressure that way, but they can drop a couple of games and still maintain a gap. And I, I just don't see them dropping enough points for us to catch them. I think we'll win all our games. I think we're capable of winning all of our games. Um, I just don't think that they're going to drop enough points for us to overhaul them. Yeah, you know, and it's just unfortunate the way it's worked out, but. It is what it is. There's no point in crying over spilt milk. It's done. Well, you know, I'm getting, it, I'm if we try. get there, if we get there, fine. You know, happy days, delighted with life, and you bounce into next season. But I'm not going to mourn about it because I kind of given up the ghost on it back in February because I just looked at it and I thought we don't look like a side capable of stringing of getting enough clean sheets. Not mind scoring goals. I always thought we'd score goals. I just thought going back to February time. When you looked at how we were playing, we looked like we couldn't string enough clean sheets together to put a convincing run of results together. Yeah. And it's taken a dramatic shift in, in, the, in the way that we play to do anything. Looks yeah. like we've got full-time uh, uh, in London that's uh, finished 2-2, I think. 2-2? Two, two. Huh? I mean, it's a big clawback there from Tottenham because they were pretty garbage in that first half. They looked really, really bad. Uh, just on the base of it, Carl, you got uh, you got any positivity for Liverpool pulling off another 2021-type miracle? No, no. I mean, uh, you know how I feel about the 2021 comparison. I, I don't think we're anywhere near that. Um, that had that level of um, comeback ability that we did um, that season. Um, yeah, like like Kev said, I think if maybe for three points closer, it might have been I could maybe a little bit more positive. I think that Bournemouth game really really screwed us over, like really really screwed us over. Um, but yeah, I mean that and a lot of results. But that that was when we kind of um, fresh off a good performance and um, to throw it throw it away like that kind of screwed up our, our hope. So no positivity here. Um, <laughs> sorry to say, but no. But um, now I just kind of look forward to um, kind of uh, getting how we're gonna play next season and kind of how we're gonna integrate the um the new, new players all right that's then i looks like i'm gonna have to plow a lone furrow here and see if i can <laughs> uh garner up any sort of optimism so i've just uh i've got the top four candidates fixtures put together here and we're just gonna kind of fly through them a little bit let's start with ourselves uh kev you said you think we're gonna win out 
Carl, yeah, I think we win all six. You got the same feeling? I yeah, I think so. I, I'm I'm not entirely sure about Lester away though. Um, depending on where they are on the table, they might just kind of want it more than us, and that's been a common theme throughout the season. So, um, yeah, I would I would I would like to hope so, but that Lester away result is it's giving me nightmares. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. So. Um, that's in, out of all the ones, you know, that's the team down at the bottom that you're you're kind of concerned hey, about. Yeah, that's Liverpool this season. I mean. Yeah, it's, I mean, to me, I think the trickiest one in there might be Aston Villa, just in terms of the form of those final six games. So we got Spurs, Fulham, Brentford, three straight home games, away to Leicester, home to Villa, and down to the South Coast on the final day of the season to say farewell to Southampton in the Premier League. It's, yeah, I mean, Spurs... Our, our saving... Like, our saving grace is the fact that we've got four at home. Yeah. You know, we've got four at home, and I'd back us to beat anybody at home. Okay. Yeah. Who we play. Yeah. I'd back us to beat anyone at home. The away games, Southampton will be they'll they'll want to go out with a bang. You know, there's going to be a lot of players that are playing for Southampton in that game that it's going to be their last game. There are going to be a lot of players playing for Southampton that are in the shop window. And they'll want to do something. But We'll just have too much for them. We just will. Um, I agree with Carl. The Leicester away could be tricky, depending on the situation of Leicester. But at the same time, you expect to be beating Leicester. You, they're just nowhere near anything that where they used to be. They're a shadow of the club that they were. And there's too many rotten eggs in that in that squad. Too many bad apples. And it's just caught up with them. They've run out of... They've, They've run out of ideas, and I, I whether they get safe or not, I don't know. I doubt it, but yeah, that's why I'm I'm pretty confident in winning all six. Villa at home would be tough, but because we're at home, fancy us. So plus I'm going, so that's the one. Yeah, that one definitely needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a fair few trippers I think making uh, the trip over for that final yeah. game of the season, isn't there? Yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah. So that should be a good one. Yeah, it, sh- it should be a good game. And I mean, I was confident that we were going to win our final nine after we got through that patch of City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. Like that was definitely our tricky part of the season. And then you looked at the fixtures on the run-in and we picked up our form at the same at the same time as the fixture list has kind of gotten a little bit easier. So, I mean, I'm really I'm really setting myself up for disaster here because I'm going to be watching the, the game on Sunday with my brother-in-law who's a Spurs fan and I really want to shit talk them, but it's just like, oh God, I know if I do that, I'm just setting myself up for absolute, absolute letdown. Uh, I mean, anybody in the chat, does anybody see us losing any of these games? Because I I think we're in kind of an agreement that we're going to end on 71 points. It's just a matter of whether that's going to be enough. Well, the one thing I'll say about tonight's game, for how bad Spurs were in that first half, they had enough chances to score. Spurs will get chances. Against us, they're they're good side going forward. They create enough chances. They're strong in the air. They'll take shots from outside the box. And in Harry Kane, they've got a player who can drop off and bring players into it. So they will get chances against us. It's just a case of can we limit the amount of time that they get on the ball with the way the new the way that we're playing against the side who play five at the back, who play five with two and one dropping into midfield. And two forwards who split and put pressure on space where we don't have cover. That's going to be, yeah. And you've got that to deal with as well. 
as Anne points out, the uh, Kane dive incoming. It's uh, it's probably the hardest game, given the fact that they've just come back from 2-0 down in a game where they had enough more than enough chances to go and win it. Yeah, you know, it, it'd be different if it was a Spurs side like that went to Newcastle and just literally down tools and got a man, another manager sacked. That would be a different kettle of fish. The fact that it's one of their own and they seem to want to play for him, they're capable of of doing something. You know, they're capable of giving us problems. Yeah, but I also think that we're going the other way. We can cause them all all ends of nightmares with the amount of times that Manchester United were able to get at them tonight. I think we can definitely get at them as well. I think there'll yeah. be plenty of goals in this one at the weekend. Yeah, their back their back line was, I mean, Eric Dyer, just he's so just not up to the quality. Like if Spurs want to be living. It's in not a just world, him. It's no. not just him. It's it's Romero. Poirot yeah. can't defend. Perisic is a left mid, not a left wing back. As much as a quality footballer as he is, and he is. Uh Clement Longley's best years was three years ago. You know, at the back, they they have problems. But going forward, they've got good players. You know, as much as I think Hyunmin's son, it looks burnt out and he looks done. He looks disinterested at times. He's capable of getting on the end of stuff. And like tonight, getting on the end of a chance and scuffing one in. So it's going to be a a tough night's work, but I expect us to get three points. Yeah. And that's, so I mean, yeah, that's the Spurs game. I mean, the Fulham game. You know, probably lucky that Mitrovic is still serving his ban for shoving the referee. Yeah. They've really it's out of all the teams, they seem to be the one that's on the beach. Like Yeah. Sorry, you know. Kyle. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, I was gonna I was just gonna say that um yeah, I, I think Tottenham um I yeah, Tottenham probably the team I, I least uh least worried about because I just feel like um well, this this kind of stems from how high you Man United. I, I don't think Man United are, are. I think our best this season has been way better than Man United's best this season. Um, it's just how consistent we are, and I just that's how I'm a Man United game. I, I didn't I didn't watch the game fully, but um, I would say they're in about similar levels when it comes to the the best Tottenham's best this season. Um, I know Tottenham hasn't been obviously that good recently, but I I just think that their level are kind of are kind of similar when it, when it comes to their best. Um. I think with their new coach Ryan Mason, I mean they, they might you know players might be playing up, up for him and, and all that, but I just I just don't I just don't think Man U and Tottenham are really that good to be honest. I think we just got to focus on on ourselves. Um, but again, it's a little, it's a little bit too late for to worry about that because like again, I don't think we're gonna get the Champions League. Mm. Um, but yeah, Tottenham, I won't worry about. I won't, <laughs> the only thing I, the only thing I can see is um Charleston scoring his first Premier League goal against oh. us. Um, but <laughs> oh. but other than with Charleston, um, but other than that, I, I don't. I don't really fear Tottenham as much, um, um, but yeah, like I said, uh, the thing I would most worry about is that that one away game. Um, I think Tottenham, Fulham, Brentford, Brentford, kind of in that same Fulham category, kind of in the beach a little bit. But it seems they have a little bit more fight. I think the the coach won't probably allow them to be on the beach. Um, so um, yeah, I think I think really it's really that away game that we're looking forward to um, to see how how we perform in in, in that. Mm. Well, should we move on to Newcastle's fixtures and see what we think they're going to do? Yeah, you want to go from the top down? I was yeah. going to go bottom up, but... I was going to say Newcastle, because I, I think they're probably the ones that are furthest away. You know, they're the ones that... 
Well, before we, we do that, next... let's just see if we think that any of the teams in between us and the current top four stand any chance of getting there. So we figure that we all are in agreement that we're going to run the table going out. We're going to finish on 71 points. So I believe directly above us, we have Aston Villa on 54 points. We've only got five games left. Away to United, away to Wolves, home to Spurs, away to us, home to Brighton. That's a pretty tough run in, isn't it, Carl? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um I apparently I, Villa's Villa's away form is pretty decent. Um, they're the six behind all Snow, Man City, Newcastle, Brighton, Man U. Um, obviously we're we're ninth um, uh, behind Tottenham and Fulham, but their away form is not not that bad. Um, but then again, I mean, you, you know, you never, you never know. Um, but when it comes to how much points they're, they're amassed, I they probably get a draw against Man U. Probably beat Wolves. Um, Tottenham. I don't even. I don't even know. Um, I'm hoping we beat them, and at the end of the season, um, depending on what their goals are, I'm guessing they want to be in Europe. I, they'll, they'll probably try to uh, try and beat um Brighton as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I think the, the waveform is. I just reached it before the show. The waveform is surprisingly decent for a team of that caliber. So, um, it it looks it does look tough. But I think they have a quality to get maybe at least three three wins in a draw. Last last um last five games of the season. Yeah, I like that because that means that one loss is against us. So you know, <laughs> yeah, that has them going out strong. I mean, Kev, the 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 upper management at Aston Villa have to absolutely be kicking themselves that they persevered with Stephen Gerrard for as long as they did because their form under Emery has just been phenomenal. It has been, but Unai Emery is a really good coach, and yeah. uh, he, he 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 see he must be a really good man manager as well. Because it's not just the fact that he's got them playing into a certain shape. He's bought well in January, bringing in Moreno at left wing at left back. He looks like a proper attacking fullback. Uh, when you think that they picked him up for 13, 13 million in in the January window, Emre's probably done enough in the second half of the season to turn around to the owners and say, "Look, trust me. Yep. Give me your budget and trust me with it, and I'll get you competing to be in the top six again next year, which will be no mean feat because the sides that are going to be challenging to get into the European spots next year are all going to be in a much better spot, you'd hope, that than they are this season. The likes of Chelsea won't be this bad again. They just won't. No matter wishful thinking, we'll make that change. Um, next season, you could be looking at uh, Newcastle with European football and a bigger squad to manage but more games to play, which is a different proposition. Arsenal with Champions League instead of Europa League won't be able to rest players like they've been able to this season. So as sides come back down to the bottom, the, to the top six race, others are going to push up into the top six race. So it's going to be a place where Villa are going to look at and where Emery is going to turn around and say, look, just give me some money, let me spend it, and I'll build you a squad capable of competing. They're in phenomenal form. They're a really good attacking side to watch. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they go to Old Trafford and get a, get a win. It's not a happy hunting ground for them. But at the same time, they've got a striker in form. They've got fullbacks who can supply delivery and a midfield that with Douglas Louise, Jacob Ramsey, John McGinn. They've got enough about them to root out people who sit and dwell on the ball. And they've got that bit of quality that, that can put players in as well. And Buendia looks like 
he's on a second lease of life. So Absolutely. wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me if they go to Old Trafford and get a win. Then you're looking at a local derby with Wolves. Local derbies, anything can happen. You never know. Um, Wolves are safe as houses now, so the relief from that might be something. But you'd imagine Lopetegui won't let them dwell. Um, Spurs Villa, that's 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 huge. That could be the that could be that could be the end of one of these two clubs' season, depending on how that one goes. Then they come to Anfield, where I expect us. I hope we beat them. And they finish off with Brighton, who are going to be on the proverbial beach by then. So you expect them to go uh, home to Brighton and win that. So I think we'll finish ahead of them. But I think it might only be the odd, the odd maybe the odd three or four, three points in it. I don't think there's going to be much gap between us and them by the end of the season. Yeah, it's... It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm kind of the same way. Like, I feel like I can see him beating United. I just, I got that feeling. Plus, you know, again, I'm here to drive confidence that we can make the top four. And I think we're more likely to catch United than Newcastle. Uh, I can see him beating United. I can see him beating Wolves, getting a draw with Spurs, losing to us and beating Brighton. So, I mean, that's three and one. That ends them sitting on 64 points, which that's a great season considering that they were, I believe, only out of the relegation zone on goal differential when Gerard got the sack and they brought Emery in. So kudos to them above them Spurs currently sitting on 54 points. They come to Anfield home to palace away to Villa home to Brentford and away to Leeds on the final day of the season. <sighs> what do you think Kev? Oh man. Well, we need to be beating them. We are beating them. Yep. London Derby palace Roy Hodgson. I think right. Roy, Roy, I think the glasses has gone off Palace a bit now since he's taken over. Um, but you never know. In London derbies, anything could happen. But at home, you'd have to fancy Spurs, let's be honest. I think Villa beat them at Villa Park. Brentford draw at best for Spurs. They're just too physical aside. They'll give those Spurs defenders absolute nightmares. And I have a feeling that Spurs could put leads down. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping we were going to have some positivity for Leeds. Maybe, just maybe, they could pull one out. Allen Road. I I love it, but if Leeds don't get safe, if if they don't win their next game, they're they're not getting anything in May. Yeah, I think I think May. I don't think they get a point in May. Yeah, they gotta. And I think that's they're just not going to have enough points. They're going to run out of time. Yeah. It's a, Tough, tough run-in for them. Uh, what about you, Carl? How you feel Tottenham does going into the end of the season? Um, I see them losing as us. Um, Crystal Palace, I'm I'm not really sure. Um, they're a weird team. I mean, that that win against Brighton just came out of nowhere. But I know they were, you know, they would deserve to not get, you know, three points from that game. But um, it kind of just depends on the team morale, to be honest. But I just feel like these last teams, aside for maybe Brentford 
are all kind of fighting for something um, a little bit more than what Spurs want this season. I mean, I don't know if the if um, I'm not sure how to fan. I'm, I mean, my 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 best friend is a Spurs fan, and um, he doesn't really care about Champions League next season because he thinks this is going to be a more than. There's no point in being in Champions League if you're not going to compete. So um, it all kind of depends on the players' morale um, and how they um, kind of view the end of the season. But I think they lose against us. I think it'll probably tie against Crystal Palace. Um, shit, they might they might be real. They might not. That's in the air. I think Brentford they'll probably be and then Leeds end of the season depending on where they are on the table. It might be a similar similar um, result to um, the Leicester year when they lost to Newcastle six one or five one when uh, Newcastle's already down. So they have that in them. They they can just you know crumble and and just not um, not perform. Um, it's really really flip flip floppy club. Um, but I think they'll probably get. To be optimistic, they probably can get two wins and two draws in the last um, last five. Um, but yeah, it, it's it really, it really depends. Yeah, two wins and two draws. That's eight points. That has Spurs finishing on sixty-two, which by our calculations puts them below Villa. So I'm I'm okay with that because that would put yeah. that would put Spurs in the Conference League. That's not even taking into account Brighton, who I didn't really. Uh, factor into this because it just seems like the uh cup semifinal has kind of taken the wind out of brighton sails and yeah. especially the the injury to evan ferguson uh yeah. really really seems to have yeah, scuppered yeah. him where like, i mean they played with uh who and CISO, you know spearheading the attack for them uh yesterday and it it just did not quite work out for them so the teams that we're actually chasing for where we want to end up and be newcastle Currently on 62 points, Southampton at home, Arsenal at home, away to Leeds. This can't be right. There's no way they finish with three home games. I must have got that wrong in there somewhere. Well, they've got Southampton at home next. They, they win that comfortable enough. I think they'll beat Arsenal. Oh, I think Arsenal are going to be mentally busted by then. Um, I mean, as good as, good as Arsenal have been this season, They've they're still the youngest squad in the league, you know, and we know what it's like going head to head. When you just start to fall away, that fall can turn into a decline really quickly. They're already safe in the Champions League, so I I just think they'll fall away. I think they'll beat Leeds, they'll beat Brighton, I think they'll beat Leicester, and away to Chelsea, maybe a draw. Yeah, uh, finish finish the season off with a draw, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go to Chelsea and spank them as well. Yeah, I was gonna say they, I think they they kill Chelsea. <laughs> it's they're just hitting the for, they're hitting form at the right time. And it's um they had a blip, you know, after the World Cup, they looked like they were stringing draws together, they they were struggling for goals. Ever since Alexander Risek has come back into the side and been a, a credible option with a fit Callum Wilson. They've been um, they've been very good the last few games, but they've been beating sides who they should be, and they've been doing it comfortably. Whereas when we've been winning games, we've had to really work for it. You know, like last night's game. You know, for the, all of the stuff that we we said last night, we had to work really hard to get that win. Newcastle don't seem to be having to work as hard for their wins, which reminds me, you know, it's 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 like how we were when we were going on good long runs of dominating games, sides folded when we went one up or we went two up. It was damage limitation. It feels to me now that's where Newcastle, 
That's the position this Newcastle side are in at the minute. And they've taken full advantage of having no European football whatsoever. So they've been able to keep the the squad fresh and play the bulk of the same core players week in, week out. And that's a luxury they don't they won't have going forward. And that's something they're gonna to have to learn how to deal with. Yeah. Uh, Leon Felix Cooper says, "What a run by Isaac for uh, assist of the season." I mean, if you if you didn't watch the game today, just go it, no. go go find the highlights of what was at the fourth goal for them. I think it was the fourth goal. Jacob yeah, I think Murphy. Jacob Jacob Murphy. Yeah, yeah, an absolute tap in. But I mean, wow! Uh, somebody in the Telegram chat said it was Suarez, like, and I presume you meant Suarez against Man United because Murphy scored from about a Dirk Kouts distance away. Uh, couldn't find an easier goal, but what a run! Yeah, he's uh, he's a he's a good good signing for Newcastle. I mean, they're really but they, pay, they paid big money for him. They paid sixty two million for him. Sixty million. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was he wasn't cheap, but at the same time, two years ago, I was hoping that we would go after him. Two years ago, and we, we got to get you in this scouting department. Have <laughs> you? You're, you're... Nah, he, he just has all of the attributes to be a top center forward in the Premier League. He's quick he's strong he's tall he's got a good eye for goal he's strong in the air and he's intelligent you know he's got great movement so look he they paid well for him but you know you get what you pay for sometimes and sometimes it takes a while to come out but in his case i think going forward as long as they can keep him healthy yeah they've got a really good strike and the thing is at newcastle as well newcastle fans love a number nine they love a number nine, so they'll get right behind him. The fans will anyway, and yeah, he's going to be a he's going to be a problem going forward for for a lot of clubs. Yeah, he sure seems like he's got goals in him, and with Callum Wilson <coughs> presumably entering the twilight of his career, uh, it really opens up the spot for him. I mean, his assist came from playing off of the left wing, where I I wasn't, you know, don't really think of him as that. Thought of him mostly as just a straight out and out number nine, but. Uh, extremely good wing play for setting up that goal. Carl, how you feel about Newcastle's running? How many points you see him taking out of their last six? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they win all, all the games, to be honest, except for Arsenal. I think a lot of times this season when Arsenal have had a bad result, we, everyone's been kind of thinking that they um that the that that you know this will be the collapse. But I think I think Arsenal, I I I think they'll be um resilient enough uh, to at least get it, you know get a result against against Newcastle. Um. Yeah, I I find I, I honestly I find them winning every game except for except for Arsenal game. Um, I think they they destroyed South, um, Southampton, tie against Arsenal, beat Leeds, beat Brighton, beat Leicester, and then destroyed Chelsea. Um, and yeah, staying on Isaac, yeah, I, bef- about a year ago, I you know I was trying to think of like um, people that can play Bobby Firmino, and he he was near the top of my list. Um, Bill Uncleson was would he be strong enough for the Premier League? And obviously <laughs> we've seen that you know. That's not a concern anymore. Um, I think, I think um, in him um, and Gakpo are very similar players, but I think Isak just has the just quick, quicker um, burst of pace, and um, he looks like um, he's really thriving um, in, in Newcastle. So um, I think how he progresses um, towards next season as well, kind of whether you know they're gonna bring in reinforcements or they're just gonna oh, leave yeah. him up there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think Newcastle for for this season, staying on this season, I think I think Newcastle will probably um, they'll probably win every game so for Arsenal um, and you know comfortably finish top four. Yeah, well, that would put them on seventy eight. That would yeah, it's I think there's just a Rick in there. I mean that's 
they, they've got what Newcastle in their final six games. They've got three of the bottom five. And it just feels like there's a twist in the tail. And I can see one of those bottom teams. I mean, not Southampton, Southampton are, they're just <laughs> done. It's from, from day one, they were never staying in this league. And I mean, if they turn it around from here, I'll happily have the egg on my face. Cause it's just not going to happen regardless of the draw they got tonight, which probably actually keeps Bournemouth just on the outside of being in relegation yeah. trouble. Cause if Bournemouth but, won that game, they could have just put their feet up and throwing the flip-flops on for the rest of the season. But yeah, I, if, South, I, if Southampton come back from this, it's better come back than Lazarus. Let's be honest. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's, it, it's just, yeah, it's on, it'll be unheard of. Yeah. I can, I can see Newcastle losing to Arsenal. I can see him drawing with Leeds and losing to Chelsea. But even that is, it's just not enough. I mean, if they, what's that? So that's a win. That's three wins and a draw. That's 10 points. That's 72, which means we cannot overhaul them. And their goal difference is probably too great goal, for us to catch Their goal in. difference is plus 32. Ours is plus 22. Yeah. So we'd need to, we'd need to play Bournemouth at home a couple of times in order to overturn <laughs> that goal haul. Or, you know, like have, if yeah. Arsenal could beat them five, nothing. And you know, the corresponding fixture, we could pump Fulham by five yeah. goals. Crazier things have happened, but I, well, our best bet I think is come in with the next side that we look at. Yeah. It's, our, it's the only yeah. chance that we have is coming yeah. with, yeah. with Manchester United. So let's see here. Let's see if we can come to consensus beat Southampton. I think we can all agree on Arsenal draw. Yeah. I, I said draw. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll go with draw. I still, I still think Newcastle beat them, but and I think I'm going to get outvoted here. Uh, they're going to go and crush Leeds, aren't they? Even though <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then uh, Brighton at home. Yeah. They beat them as well. They'll beat Brighton at home. Leicester at home. I think they demolish Leicester. Yeah. And then Chelsea away, final game of the season. I, I think they'll lose. I think Chelsea will. You really think they'll lose to Chelsea? Yeah. Well, it depends on who the manager of Chelsea is at the time. Oh, oh okay. It'll still be super Frank. It'll it still won't. Be I think I Frank will be gone. They'll have their appointment in. If they don't, if they don't, and whoever comes in as the new manager and that person has been out of work, they've absolutely let that hung that dressing room out to dry completely because there's absolutely no excuse. If you're taking that job on in the 1st of July, not to take it on there. Absolutely none. Well, it's, I heard, I think the Guardian Football Weekly said that Pochettino is getting closer to signing his papers and agreeing, a, you know, a deal with Chelsea, but it's contingent on starting in the summer, not on starting now. Yeah, I, I, I that if I was a player, I'd be like, look, we need you now. We don't need you in, you know, three months from now when it suits you. Or do like Ten Hag did. You know, where he was he was basically appointed with what ten games to go in the season last year, yeah. and he was kind of given access to the team so he could come in and kind of get his feelers in. Cause you're right, like if if Pochettino's gonna take the job and take over on the first of July and they have to have a massive fire sale at the end of June, like in terms of squad harmony, that's just absolutely mental. But all right, so you guys think they're gonna beat Chelsea, so that's what win, draw, win, win, win. So shit, that's 16 points. That finishes Newcastle on 78. And now the one I think that can be caught. Man United. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Home to Villa, away to Brighton, away to West Ham, home to Wolves, away to Bournemouth, home to Chelsea, which is why I think Chelsea's going to finish the season on a high. 
<laughs> and home to Fulham, final game of the season. Carl, tell me where United are dropping the points because we need them to finish on 71 because I believe our goal difference will be better than United's. I think theirs is like almost zero, their yeah. goal difference. Yeah, um, I would. Asaville's getting a result. Uh, Brighton's getting a result. West Ham, I'm not entirely sure, but I think they'll probably they'll beat West Ham. I think they'll they'll beat Wolves as well. Bournemouth as well. I I I sense an upset there. Um, Ooh, I like I it. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just I just sense that something. So I has something cooking for us. I think Donovan Slanke has something cooking cooking for us. Um, if he scores against Man U, um, that will be worth it. Um, Chelsea, okay. who knows? Who knows? Who knows with Chelsea? Um, and then Fulham at home, you'll probably be Fulham. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think they only get uh, what is that? It's, I give I'll give them a draw against Aston Villa because they are at home. So I'll give them that because they have a decent home form Man U. Um, but I think they lose against Brighton. I think they tie against West Ham. So I think they only really beat Wolves and and <laughs> But I don't know if I'm, I'm thinking logically or just like or, or my heart. But but I don't know. I, like I, 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 I feel like Bournemouth has been coming. Bournemouth has been coming. I told you I was going to get you guys onto this positivity thing. I knew I was doing this all day, so I was getting myself worked up because I really don't think it's going to happen. But I was totally resigned to finishing 13th in 2021 and crazier things have happened and it's this is liverpool this is what we're here for you know this is a football club this, that pulls off miracles on a weekly basis so why not one more right <laughs> this is where the hope kills you <laughs> i think they'll draw against villa i think they'll draw against brighton this is that's where the hope comes in manchester united west ham for whatever reason going back for years it's a really difficult game for man for man united but they always tend to get a result. So I think they'll beat West Ham. And by then, bear in mind that this game is on at 7 o'clock on a Sunday evening. West Ham could be right in the middle of preparations for a Europa Conference League final. That's the concern, then. yeah. Right? So I think they'll beat West Ham. Then they're home to Wolves. They'll beat Wolves. They're away to Bournemouth. I think they beat Bournemouth. And... Then you're starting to look at players are going to be looking to play themselves into the side for the FA Cup final. Away to Chelsea, or sorry, at home to Chelsea, they'll beat Chelsea, and they'll beat Fulham last game of the season. Oof. Is, well, is, is Martinez off for the season? Or, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. I think yeah, they'll have so. to work for it. I think they'll have to, there'll be a lot of games like tonight, but most of the sides that they're going to come up against aren't going to get the amount of chances the Spurs created for themselves. Ooh, so, And you've got to look at the likes of Chelsea. Chelsea don't score enough goals. West Ham, I think, are going to be focused on other things. They're safe in the Premier League. I think they'll, fo- they'll throw all their focus into the conference final if they can get if they can get past Altmar. And, um, That'll be but, around the semi-final, though, won't it? Because that's why... Yeah, only- it could be in between legs. Yeah. So I, I just look at it. The, the sides that they're supposed to beat, they generally beat. You know, they've got for the the run of form that they're in at the minute, they're still ahead of way ahead of us in points terms. Not in quality terms, I don't believe, but I think in points terms, I think they'll have enough to put enough points on the board to push them past the seventy one that we can get. 
Well, you were no damn fun, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, I'm just gonna go in my corner now. That's so right. Bad. It's not. I. I think. I think Villa is gonna beat him because I said that when we did Aston Villa yeah. about 25 minutes ago. So I gotta gotta be somewhat consistent over the course yeah. of a half an hour. I can see him getting a draw against <laughs> Brighton. I think you're right. I think that I think they beat West Ham. I think West Ham will be fully focused on that Europa League. It the only the only chance being is if you know there's a massive result in the first leg. You know, if either they they go up or they go down by four or five goals in the first leg, and it's pretty much you know uh, a dream too far for them to claw it back and make the final sort of thing, which would be perfectly West Ham getting to a European semifinal and then just not quite having enough to get over the hurdle. And then those. I mean, those final four games, you look at them on paper and where the teams are in the table and their current form, and you just – logic tells you that it's just going to be win, win, win. But like I said, I yeah. just, it just feels like there's a twist in the tail. And I I, I kind of agree with Carl. I can see Bournemouth getting a result. I, I, yeah. Well, they, I think they're on 60 points at the minute, and they've got seven fixtures to go. They've got one more game than us. Yeah. So I think they've got enough games to put 13 points on the board. Their current run of form at the minute is loss, win, 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 draw. It's pretty good. So they're in a good vein of form at the minute. The fact that they also have the confidence of being in an FA Cup final um, will build on that. And they know that they only need to get 13 points. Yeah. Because I don't think Spurs are going to be the ones chasing them. I think it's going to be us chasing them. And they know the target, the maximum target that we can get. So anything above 71 points, that's their target. That's their aim. Yeah. And I think they're, they've got the, a run of fixtures where they can get those 14, 13, 14 points. Yeah. It's, I think just the way the fixtures have fallen, that it, it might just be that United had, just the easiest run in possible. Yeah. Eunice makes a point there. They have to drop points in four games. Yeah. Which, I mean, Villa, again, I can see him dropping points. I can see him dropping points against Brighton. I can see them dropping points away against Bournemouth. Maybe not losing, but a draw. I think I. it's crazy, but I'm trying to stay positive. I, mm. Chelsea can't continue to be as shit as they are. Eventually, they have to score a goal, right? They just have to. Yeah, I just don't think they can keep enough clean sheets. I don't think they can stop side scoring at the minute. That's fine. Get into a ding dong then. Stop, you know, like because yeah. like not only that, like they've got all of this money that they've spent on all of these flash players, and they you watch their games and it's yeah. just turgid. Like it's not enjoyable football to watch. There's no way their fans can be happy watching that. So just let the shackles off, Frank. Just let them go or whoever's in charge. Just let them have at it, and hopefully they can get a result for us. At the I end. think. Yeah, I think on the West Ham part, I think there could be a scenario where West Ham don't get a decent result in the first leg, and then maybe the players that Moyes plays kind of have, you know, are kind of fighting to be on on that on the lineup for the for the second leg. Like I know they have Danny Ings comes off the bench, and they have Lanzini still there comes off the bench. Like these players can make a difference against Man U. Man U's, you know, their defense isn't that good that they can, um, you know sustain uh Danny Ings and uh, Lanzini on on the day. So I mean it could be a scenario where you know West Ham the, the players are on the periphery uh play against Man U and they want to prove a point that they, they should be starting to accomplish league. Because mm-hmm. you know they're, they're, they're gonna start Rice, they're gonna start Suicide, um Paqueta, Bowen. But you know, you know, Danny Ings can can you know make a get a spot in there. Lanzini again like I said, you know, maybe Cresswell, you know how good he is on set on set pieces. 
So these players on the periphery might have something to prove, and you know, you never know against Man U. A Man U is a game where everyone's gonna be watching. So um, he performed. Yeah. Oh, the pressure's on for sure. Pressure's yeah. on for yeah, sure. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know. It's let's see. Loss, draw, win. That's four points. Probably beat Wolves. That's seven. Let's say draw to Bournemouth. That's eight points. Lose to Chelsea, beat Fulham, finish on 71 points, and Liverpool pip them on goal difference. Mm. Oh, just reach it up there for that. <laughs> like, can, you, can you imagine if we beat them imagine on Imagine the scenes if we beat them on goal difference. And, and it comes and down to a 7 nil drubbing that they took because that's a big swing in goal difference. That's a 14 yeah. goal difference swing. Stranger things have happened. And with this league, the way this season has gone, you never know because. The one consistent thing that there is this season is nobody's consistent. Yeah. Well, not, for, not for long enough, city. including us. Yeah. So I'm getting carried away saying, yeah, we're going to win our last six. I love it. But I'd back us to win anything. So, yeah. But it's, listen, is what it is. The other game's I, tonight. I think the other that, game's tonight. We got to talk about the other game tonight. Oh, oh, which, which game was that, Kev? Uh, our uh, Blue Brethren. Oh, right, right, right. Our how did, brethren. How did that go? <laughs> just, I just want to get it accurate. It was 4-1. It was 4-1. 4-1. Yeah. Come here. 1-4. Yeah. Not testing. Come here. You're going to save the Ev. Come here. Here's my oh lucky my God. dog. She's the last time for, this happens, you know what rent. happened. No, she's for rent. If any of the blue noses need a lucky dog, she's for rent. <laughs> the cost is cost is one season ticket for Liverpool for next year, so it's pricey. But she's a royal dog. Sorry, I'll keep the blue noses away from you, Emma. Don't worry about it. They're in some trouble. They're in trouble. They're in serious trouble because you got to look at it and you think this could all come down. And the thing is, you look at the table, right? Let me just grab this a sec. You've probably got. Up to West Ham, I'd say, are probably safe now in 34. So you've got Leeds, yeah. Forest, Leicester, Everton, Southampton. Leeds on 30. Nottingham Forest on 30. Leicester on 29. Everton, 28. And Southampton are on 24. I think we can all agree Southampton are gone. Yeah. Yep. Um, Everton, last five games, draw, loss, loss, draw, loss. Leicester, three losses, a win and a draw. Nottingham Forest, four losses and a win. It's mental that three points for any of them against anyone could really make a dramatic difference because points for those sides at the minute are just so hard to come by. Even draws are so hard to come by. And I'm just having a quick look here at Everton's run of fixtures. Here's, here's their fixtures going in. Okay. Away to Leicester, away to Brighton, home to City, away to Wolves, home to Bournemouth. You've got to look at it and think, as a run of fixtures, the Leicester one is huge. Anything they can get out of that, you take. Brighton, you don't know what you're going to get, but Brighton should beat them. City should be, could possibly have to go to Everton, and that could be to win the title. Yeah, Coronation Day. Yeah. And then you're looking at Wolves away. Not an easy place to go. Don't concede many. Granted, don't score many. But that'll be their last home game as well. We know what sides are like. When it comes to their last home game, they want to put something on the table. You know, leave the, 
fans go home happy kind of thing. So don't expect them to get anything there. And Everton, it could come down to the last game of the season, Everton against Bournemouth. What I've been saying. Come, it could come down to the someone, whoever wins could stay up at the expense of maybe Leicester or Leeds. Yep. Probably yeah, Leeds. There's so much will be known. Like that, the Leicester-Everton game is just massive. It's massive. A win either way can really change the table. You know, a draw keeps everything the same. These are all solipsisms. I'm saying nothing for nothing's sake. But <laughs> if if they don't get a result against Leicester, I think that, like, even more so than last year. Like, last year, the fans kind of abandoned them, and then they rallied around them towards the end and managed to carry them over the line. I don't know if they're going to do it again. Like, I don't know. You saw how quickly Goodison emptied. Like, I don't know if you watched any of the game today, Carl. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, my goodness. It was it was impressive how loud the boos were when Anthony Gordon came on when it was 3-1 because it was half empty. Like, there were – it looked like a Man City Cup game at Wembley. Like, there were so many empty seats. at They just filed out of that place. Oh, wow. And, yeah. I just – no, I'm just looking here. I think it was Eunice said in the chat to check out Leicester's fixtures. Obviously, Leicester have Everton, right? Mm-hmm. They're away to Fulham. They're home to us. Away to Newcastle. And home to Leicester, to West Ham on the last game of the season. It's a big one. They, they, could, they might have to get something against West Ham. A side that are preparing, hopefully for their sake, preparing for a European final with players who are going to be right up for it. So, my God. I, I know Leeds fixtures are horrendous. I still, to the, I cannot pick who's going down. I genuinely, I just can't. Any one of those sides are capable of getting out of it. And they're all capable of not winning a single game between now and the end of the season unless it's against each other. Yeah. And then they're capable of getting a nil-nil. It's, it's just a minefield. I'd, I'd hate to, I'd hate to, be that fan of that club. Knowing how we feel about Liverpool, imagine what it must feel like for Joe to be that Leeds fan in that position. And yeah. the same for the Everton fans that we've had on here in the past who are all good lads. You know, they're all straight and honest about how, how their club is being run and, you know, what's wrong with it. I, I'd hate to feel like that week in, week out, knowing that you're going into games and you're probably going to lose. And if you get a draw, you're delighted with life. It, it must be a sickening feeling for these people, especially when you look at the amount of money that these clubs have invested in recent years to try to stave this kind of thing off. It just goes to show what can happen if you uh, listen to the wrong people when it comes to transfers. Yeah. And you get it badly wrong, like some of these clubs have, man. They've got them some seriously bad business, though. Yeah, I, I flicked on uh, Joe's watch along for the game on Tuesday. And when Bamford missed that back post chance to win yeah. it late on, I honestly, I, th- I think I saw his soul leave his body. He looked <laughs> so, so dejected because it looked like, I don't know, I didn't really catch the replay of it, but like watching it live, it looked like an absolute sitter. And he just put it wide at the back post to take all yeah. the points. And it's just like, oh, poor five. Like, yeah. oh. I think this weekend is huge, genuinely. I think this weekend's. With the way the fixtures are setting at the minute, I think this weekend for those clubs, with the with 
any kind of a win or points they can take, the confidence that they can take into the next game, I think this weekend is massive. Yeah, it's it's moving day this weekend because I mean, if, yeah. if if Villa doesn't get a result against United, like if United beats Villa, <coughs> that's pretty much the top four race. You can just say it's finished. That it's mm-hmm. going to finish, you know, Newcastle United in third or fourth, some order of that. And then we'll be fighting it out with Tottenham, Villa, and Brighton to see who gets the two Europa League spots and the one Conference League spot, yeah. uh, if there even is those spots. Because I think if West Ham win the Conference League, they might throw uh, they might throw that out of there'd, whack, right? There'd be two sides would go into the Europa Conference League. Uh, West Ham, as winners of the Conference League, would get a Europa League spot. Ah, so six would go Conference League then instead of into the yeah. Europa League. Interesting. Yeah. The league doesn't lose the position, but they West Ham would take an automatic would automatically take the Europa League spot. Now, what so, happens if Manchester United win the Europa? Oh, sorry, never mind. They absolutely, <laughs> they absolutely. I was, I was literally just about to scratch us. I was like, "What? They're still there." <laughs> is he going on now? So, uh, I think as much as I tried to paint a positive picture of it, I think uh, as Owen Burke has been saying all night in the chat that we're just nailed on for fifth, and it kind of does feel like that. Like it's a game yeah. too far. Yeah, you know, we can go back to the Bournemouth game. We can go back to the Leeds game, which was at home, which makes it even worse. You know, away at the City Ground early on in the season. I there's mean, plenty of yeah, there's plenty of games you can go back right the way through the season. Shoulda, yeah. woulda, coulda, ultimately exactly. didn't. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. So no, now done. the question becomes here for the last 10, 15 minutes that we're gonna be on here. And I'll come to you, Carl. We're gonna yeah, and let Carl run this because I've had my fill of transfer talk for the last <laughs> few weeks. Do uh do you think us finishing in a Europa or a conference league position, do you think it changes the business that we're going to be able to do? in the summer vis-a-vis transfers um it shouldn't it shouldn't but will it probably i mean i mean this is Liverpool we're talking about here so um they say that you know just they've been giving up for this transfer window for the past couple seasons or whatever i i i i i honestly i think i think it shouldn't but i think it will um I'm not entirely sure how the staff feels about playing on Thursday nights and all that. Um, I know um, I Pep's book. Pep's book has talked about how Klopp was scared of playing Conference League and all that stuff. But finishing in Europe does, you know, get more money and more money means more transfers. So, um, but I think if we want to get to where we want to be, it shouldn't. Um, but I think I think it will. Um, and I'm not sure if you how what side you guys are on with the Jude Bellingham and all that stuff and what it's worth all that stuff. I I, I think I think everything every, everything comes everything everything has to to do with um with how much money we generate and um I think finishing the year would probably affect that. How much I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure about the financial details and all that stuff. Um, but I think I think it will. Um, and honestly, I I I already have next season as kind of a write off when it comes to um. You know, winning the league and stuff like that because uh, this is just I, I, I just I just can't see it. I just we have too, too, much, too much stuff to do. We have too much stuff to do. Too much stuff to do for for the scene to winning the league. I mean, all I know is still gonna be good. Man City is still gonna be good. Newcastle still gonna be better. Um, I think if we do win it, um, then FSG would have to really really back us this summer because I I think we're really far away from where we need to be when it comes to challenging. And I think Thursday nights won't help it. Um, whatever, Europa League, obviously, we're still going to be Thursday nights. I, I, I think, yeah, that rotation is not going to help. But we need a really big squad to compete. 
um, on our front. So, so either we been off the Champions League, um, the Europa League, or we kind of been off the, the Premier League. I, I, we've it's 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 kind of you know we haven't been able to sustain multiple competitions back to back. I know last season was one thing, um, but yeah, I think right now we don't have the squad for that. I think we, we yeah we it really depending on yeah like like um, Andico said it's really depending on our youngsters how well they are because I I feel we're gonna probably bring in two midfielders at most maybe maybe three depending on how much money we want to spend on on one of them um and but i think we need more than that i think we need um uh more reinforcements from the back probably yeah i'm, I'm not sure on, on how um how, how the situation is when it comes to people like Cavalio and people that came in this season that haven't really meshed in but yeah i think we need a lot, a lot to do to get where we want, want to be um but yeah i think uh it's really depending on how what, what we buy and um, how um, how we buy uh, when it comes to next season, and I think where we finish this season, uh, it's, just, it's all connected. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> yeah, see, like for me, I don't, I don't think it's going to make a difference. I really don't. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, in two points, like I don't think Klopp will sign off on a player that says you're out of the Champions League for one year. I'm, I don't want to waste one year of my career coming there because mm-hmm. Klopp and Cole won't see it as a waste. They'll see it as a year of building and maturity and development and things like that. And if you're not on board with that, then out you get. And I mean, if you look at some of the players that were mooted at getting Mason Mount, no European football next year. So Europa League is a treat for him. Mm-hmm. Alexis <laughs> McAllister, at, if he stays at Brighton, which probably won't be, won't be playing European football or maybe Conference League, maybe Europa League at the outside. So it's about on par with what we're looking at. And I mean, the the absolute elephant in the room, which I haven't had my chance to have my say on this yet. I, I still am as certain as I've ever been that we're signing Jude Bellingham. I just, I don't think anything has changed. It's gone all quiet on the Bellingham front. All that stuff that came out a couple of weeks ago where we had cooled to, you know, the idea of Bellingham to me that all just read as the bargaining that's been going on. The negotiations have been going on behind the scenes Something slipped. Something slipped either from our end or from Dortmund's end. And Jan Argafjortov gets the notion that we've put in a bid. And if he gets that lead from somebody as a journalist, he has to follow it up. So then he can make a phone call to Dortmund or to Liverpool and go, I've been informed that you've made a bid. Is this correct? And then the story gets generated from there. And if you ask somebody at Dortmund that and they say, well, yeah, they gave us a bit of 83 or 85 million, whatever it is, but the asking price is 150. Well, now you make another call back to the Liverpool people and you go, well, we heard the price is 150. And they go, well, if it's 150, then we're out. And now all of a sudden the story is Liverpool are out of the race. Like it, it really seemed like it snowballed from just nothing into this absolute whirlwind of pure speculation because if we go by the gospel of Joyce which I think we all kind of agree in here if you're going to listen to any of these guys it's Joyce Joyce said we've cooled he didn't say we're out Mm -hmm. he said we've cooled that doesn't mean anything that's not a I, I don't think that's legal parlance I don't think you'll find that on a contract anywhere the word we've cooled to something so I think it's still on and I think Jude Bellingham would be okay having that year even if it's in the Europa League, playing with these players and developing because he's young, he's got the ability to improve. And if he looks at the manager that he's going to be playing with for three years, two or three we got Klopp left for? Three. Three. 
three years of Jurgen Klopp, you have to know as a young player that this is going to be good for my career because I have a tough time thinking of any players that have come in under Jurgen Klopp and have stalled or regressed when they've gotten regular first team football and have been a part of the furniture of the team. Pretty much everybody he's gotten his hands on has gone up another level. Some of them three, four, five levels to the point of being world-class from, you know, working at a grocery store in Scotland at 16 years old to being the most, you know, assisting left back in the history of English football. So I, I don't think it changes anything. I don't want it. Like, honestly, it's still at this point, if we can't catch United and get into fourth place, give me eighth, just because I hate having yeah. Sunday games. It's, it's purely a personal thing. We do family mm-hmm. things on Sunday, and it's that much harder for me to make excuses so that I can stay at home and watch the games. It's the only reason. But it's, I really like Vase of Flowers. I saved his message from earlier. If we're in the Europa League, we go and win it. That's the set. Like, that's, that's everything then. Because, you know, it allows us to, to exercise the demons of losing to Seville and Basel, and we can have it all done and dusted. But I'm certainly not going to go along with you, Carl, being that you're considering next season a write-off. That's garbage because I'll tell you what, we'll be doing a, we'll be doing a preseason prediction show and I'm probably going to predict us to put up another hundred plus point season again. So I mean, yeah, like, like you, like you said, it's next season is probably going to be a development kind of um, season. And like when I, when I hear development, I think of, you know, top four, you know, top three, um, the teams that we're competing against, uh, maybe aside from Arsenal, I, well, Man City is. I mean, I just I can't I can't see us beating Man City next season. I just can't. I I, I honestly can't. We need. I think we need some serious reinforcements to be able to sustain um, that level. Um, <laughs> that, that that level of uh, performance needed to beat Man City. Uh, I mean, Arsenal on 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 court to, to you know have ninety points this season and this you know still still probably won't win the league. Um, I think we're far away from having 90 points um, next season. Um, but it's all dependent on who we buy. If we if we buy Bellingham and two more midfielders, and maybe a, a, a backup center back, uh, maybe a you know understudy right winger. I know we're rumored to get Chukri. I don't know how to say his name. Chukri. Um If we if we buy the necessary people that we need to you know challenge, then yeah. But I I just have little hope in our reinforcement team. Uh, reinforcement team. So that that's where that comes from. Not 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 from Klopp or. Uh, all, all any good players, it's just how, how we reinforce, how, how we, you know, uh, threaten the team. Um, I'm going so, I mean, to remember I'll... this come the end of July when we start <laughs> doing preseason prediction shows and see how confident you are then. Cause I yeah. almost, they'll get you back. These, these, these are the, I'm just going to throw my two cents worth in because it can't make any difference to what yeah. the transfer plans were. It can't matter no. whether we're in the Europa league, or in the Champions League, or in the Europa Conference League, or we miss out in Europe. It can't make any difference. FSG are on last chance saloon for backing this club. And they've they've said they were looking for investment. This summer is put up or shut up time. Uh, And I I like them as owners. I think they've been really good custodians. Uh, But they have to do the business this summer. I with Matt, I don't think the Bellingham deal is completely dead. I think that we will get a stellar midfielder who can do what Jordan Henderson as 24, 25 could do. That energy, high energy, high press, aggressive, 
and a future captain of the club is what we're looking for in that one player. Then a you're Declan looking at Rice coming, type. Let's not get, get carried away. Um, <laughs> then we're looking at hopefully someone like a McAllister and maybe someone like um, Kevin Turam, Kone, that oh, type of player to come in. Someone at the back, yeah. If we were looking to sell, let Joe Matip go. I could understand bringing in a centre back, someone with pace. You're in Timber makes an awful lot of sense. Um, apparently today we were linked with uh, Timo Horn from FC Kong as a goalkeeper replacement for Creevin Keller. If Keller decides to go, which would be I'd be fine with, uh, he's a decent enough keeper. Uh, Chuck Wazy is an interesting one. For is a, I think he's a Villarreal. Villarreal, yeah. Um, really good, nimble, quick right winger. Cuts in on his left foot. Very similar style to what Mo Salah is. And obviously not on that level. But this is where you can look at a, what Arsenal did in the in the Europa League in the group stages in the early rounds of the knockouts by playing their squad and developing the players in and around, blooding players into their squad dripping them in and out of the first team during Premier League games, but using them on Thursday nights. Getting the mindset right between Thursday and Sunday, it didn't bother them in, a, in pushing for a title. Nope. you know. And a more experienced manager manages that situation a little bit better than Legohead. So it's like, <laughs> I think we can definitely do with the income that European match revenue brings from European match nights at Anfield. Every game will be a... a Massive deal for Europa League selling TV rights. If Liverpool are on a Thursday night, it's huge. Yeah. In the same way as Manchester United and Arsenal being on Thursday nights, it's huge when it comes to selling TV rights. And you look at the sides who are in the Europa League knockout stages this season, in the last four especially, they're good sides. Bayer Leverkusen, Roma, you know, uh, there's no Muppets left in the, late, in the latter, latter stages of this. So if you go on to win it, it's it's a proper competition, you know. It's not the ideal one that you want to be in for sure, but at the same time, it didn't bother Manchester United when they went to buying players. It didn't bother Arsenal when they went targeting players and got the players that they got in. So it's not being in the Champions League is not a barrier. It, it's not a barrier that it used to be, you know. It's, it's if you put the right money up in front of a player and you get the right mindset and the right attitude off the player that you want to sign, you sign it. If they don't have the right mental fortitude, cojones, whatever you want to call it, then they won't be signed because they won't pass the arsehole test. Yeah, and we wouldn't have signed you know? them even if we made Champions League. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 So if they haven't got that mindset right, where I'm only good enough to play in the Champions League, no, sorry, you're not the caliber of player we're looking for. Yeah. But no, I don't, I don't think it can make a difference to the business that we need to do this summer. If it does, if that excuse is trotted out, Oof. there'll be hellfire. There will yeah. be hellfire rained upon thee because it will be blood and thunder and fury from an awful lot of voices that were on the not even on the fence. It was it was probably you know I can see the roadmap of where they want to go and I understand decisions that were made and why they were made in the bigger picture. Even last summer, I could understand some of the decisions of why it happened. I don't agree with it, but I can understand. I can understand why certain things happen. Uh, people won't be anywhere near as understanding this summer. It no, just I, will not. I, cer I certainly won't be. Like we had a we had a few shows talking about FSG. I don't know if that was in the summer or at the start of the season. And it, 
I don't think there's such a thing as FSG in. Like, I don't even know if Linda would be FSG in. Like, really. No, it's not about that. No, I mean, really, you've got to be a a real strange football fan to be cheering for your owners. No. Like, you just want them to do what's right for the club. And I felt for the most part that they had done what's right for the club because there had been, in my mind, at least some mitigating factors to why we weren't just splashing the cash and not, you know, buying players when really we should have been. Like, Yeah. But I, I could see some logic around it. But for me, like, if they – it's almost – if they don't get Jude Bellingham over the line. Or that caliber of player. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, like, if, if you don't get Jude Bellingham – and instead of getting Jude Bellingham, you just go and get Caicedo and McAllister, you know, okay, or, yeah. so, or something along those lines, you know. Yeah, or, yeah. Like if if Bellingham goes to Real Madrid, go and see if you can tempt Fede Valverde, because oh my God, what a player he is! But like, there has to be something done, and I think that even FSG know that. So you know, you're starting to see Big John was at the game, could have been in London for a bunch of reasons, but come no. on. He doesn't, he doesn't come over for much, you know, comes over for trophy celebrations and maybe one or two games a season sort of thing. So yeah, I don't, really yeah. I don't care to have the camera panning to Todd Bowley type figures in the stand when things go sideways. Oh, you think we can get, things go well. You think John I, W can come into the dressing room and give the players a rollicking after the game. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to speak into the dressing room, actually. Shot, kudos to Trent Alexander-Arnold for the initiative that he's launching, to, that he launched today on behalf of academy players who don't make it. Yeah, after the academy, I think it's yeah, called, right? Yeah, after the academy, because I know for a look, my my uh, cousin was at an academy at Bristol City from the age of 11 through to 19 when he finished, and he went ended up playing futsal for Bristol City and for England. And he just never made it as uh, a senior player. But what the football club did for him and for players who didn't make it is they gave them opportunities to study within sports, within sports science. And he ended up now, he's a PE teacher now in Bristol and plays in um, semi-pro league. You know, he was a good player, but he just wasn't good enough to make it at a a top level. So clubs are doing certain things, but I think what Trent is looking to target is looking at the players, the kids who are 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Who are basically kids who are high school age. You know, they're still would be in high school and they've lived, breathed, drank, ate, slept football from the age of five being told that you're, you know, you're this, you're that, you're great, you're going to be fantastic, you're a superstar, we love you, and then, and then, and then, yeah, we don't want you anymore. And uh, Yeah, cast aside. Yeah. yeah, and it's a dirty, gross business, football, and clubs have to do a lot better with how they're run, especially clubs, I think, in the Premier League, with the amount of money that's in the Premier League. I think, personally, I personally believe that if you're running an academy system, you should be running a boarding style operation where the players are educated and they receive a proper state education that's geared around players who don't make it. And that coupled with how players are treated on the pitch as well. Their clubs have to do better. And the fact that Trent is launching a foundation to highlight that 
kudos to him. You know, fair yeah. play. Yeah, well said, Kev. It's it's fantastic. It's something that you know, being over here, I can't speak for Carl, but you know, being here in Canada, you don't really understand how the academy system works. And then you know, you mm-hmm. hear things like you know, Trent's been at Liverpool since he was like seven years old. Of like, what yeah, the fuck? yeah. But, but like here in Canada with hockey, like the the level below the NHL, you know, there's like three leagues in Canada, and the players that play in those leagues, they're all in like the 17 to 21 year age range. And it's, I believe it's for every year you play in the league, you get a year's worth of university education paid for. Because like you said, like, rightly so, like 99% of people that go through the academies don't make it, Mm. you know, like to make it as a professional athlete, you have to be the elite of the elite of the elite. And especially the academy systems where they just hoover up so many kids at such young ages, just it's like commercial fishing, basically, you know, you're, you're trying to land that white whale. So you just scoop everything out of the ocean and then you just toss all the stuff you don't want off to the side with not a lot of care for it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, that's absolutely fantastic. And it's nice to see him doing something to give back to the community very much along the same lines as Marcus Rashford. So hopefully some of the, uh, some of the fans and pundits of other clubs that were so happy to go in two footed on Trent for his inability to defend against, you know, players like Vinicius jr. And uh, Matoma will, will have to give him his flowers for this, just like they did with Rashford, because, you know, both uh, very commendable and laudable uh, initiatives. And I mean, speaking of commendable uh, initiatives, we've got our charity sponsor for the show. If you click in the show description or go to any of the LFC day trip or social media accounts, you'll see it pinned right to the very top dozen women running the Dublin Marathon, raising money for breast cancer awareness. The show is throwing their full support behind them to try to get them to their fundraising target. If you can help them out, click on the GoFundMe link, toss them a few quid, few dollars, few euros, whatever you got, to help them get them to their target. If not, even if you do, throw it into your social media account, share it around because it's uh, a pretty disgusting disease that happens to affect uh, far, far too many people. So through the power of social media, we get that message out there and we'll be able to get these ladies to their uh, fundraising target. Gav, uh, again, setting up our golf day. So if anybody wants to help out with that, get in touch with Gav, lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com. If you want to donate prizes or shoot him some money and have Gav buy some prizes, all the money raised on the golf day will be going right into the GoFundMe account to help the ladies out. All super chats that we get on the show going forward, once Big Daddy YouTube takes the cut off the top, all of that goes in fundraising for it. So, you know, these are the things that are a little bit more important than football. You know, it's uh, the most important out of all the not important things, I believe is the saying. And that goes for all sports. So, yeah, check that out. And I mean, please throw a like on the video for this, for uh, the work that we do here, providing all this stuff for you guys for free. And uh, don't worry, this is lots of... uh, Oh, somebody's correcting me that Joyce's went from cool to ended. Yeah, it feels like he's just following the fads. Don't worry about it, Mike McCardle. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. Just like three at the back. We're going to end up with Jude Bellingham playing beside Trent Alexander-Arnold with three at the back next year. We're going to get 103 points and win the Europa League. It's all good. <laughs> There'll be plenty, plenty, plenty more time for uh, lots of transfer speculation. It's going to be a long, long old summer unless we get all of our business done about 24 hours after the final game of the Premier League season. It's going to be a long summer of speculation. So strap yourselves in for all that. Uh, thanks both of you gents for joining me tonight. Carl, anything before we get out of here? Yeah, so the, so the Trippers are going to uh, Southampton away last game of the season, right? 
No, I believe they're going for the last home game. The home. Oh, that's home yeah, game. Okay. Home so I'll, I'll, I want to ask, like, let's say we're, you know, we're seventh and, you know, you don't want to get Conference League or there's no chance again Champions League. How's the atmosphere going to be like? Are you guys going <laughs> to... It'll be the last be game. Of the, it'll be the last game. It's the last home game of the season. So I expect the atmosphere to be really good. Um, it's usually... I, I'm hoping that we'll be able to say goodbye to Bobby. Yeah, I hope he makes. Oh, okay. big one. Okay. I, I hope uh, he makes. Uh, he he'd be able to play in that game, but either way, we're going out in Liverpool on the Saturday night and the Sunday yeah. and the Sunday night and the Monday afternoon and having a great time. Looking to hopefully meet up with as many people as possible while we're over there as well. So I'm really really looking forward to it. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah, that looks good. And uh, Kev, you're back on here in another tomorrow night, three hours. Yeah. Yep. Tomorrow night you got a show with the two Lukes, Luke from uh, Part Lane Pod and Luke Tanner as well for who's normally on with us on a Friday night. Want to chat about Wrexham because mm-hmm. see what it's like with Luke because Luke lives in the town. See what the atmosphere is like. Looking forward to League Two. Can he get a season? He's been trying desperately to get a season ticket for next season. And he are they going to have? Uh, are they going to have their cop redeveloped for next season? I don't know. This is what I want to find out. I also yeah. want to find out from. The partly pod, what's going on at Spurs? You know, what are they? Yeah, you know, just what's going on? You know, is it a case? Of, have they are they at break last moment? Call Brendan Rodgers. Are they are they at that are they at that point? Are they have they hit the point of no return yet? Well, they go full circle, and I'm sure Nuno Espirito Santo must be still out of work. I don't think he's that desperate. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's there's always more things to talk about so yeah tune in tomorrow night kev's doing his friday preview show there'll be a uh, full-time reds after the game on sunday and then quickly going right into the fatback four as usual on a sunday night and then we'll get into monday and start the whole thing Ooh, all yeah. over again so let's all cross <laughs> our fingers and hope that the results go our way this weekend and we can revisit this math maybe in a week or two's time and everybody will feel a little bit more positive about it and Let's hope that Lester absolutely smashes the Ev on the weekend and they can just go down. And I don't know if you guys saw, there's a new song going around about Everton going down and it is a cracker. So go ahead and check that out. But yeah, hit a like on the way out, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Adios. Sports Social Podcast Network.